What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Another edition of the hashtag Miranda Show. I am your host, the Twitterless heroine herself, ring announcer to the stars, the most professional podcaster, the pop punk princess, and most importantly, the queen of soft style, Miranda Morales. Here, finally back from a little bit of a hiatus, but we're back. Because we got so much to cover this week on the show. I am so excited to be back. So excited to update you all on all that has happened in the world of Miranda Morales. Uh, Very excited uh, for this episode. Of course, I say we because I am not alone. I am being joined by the kingpin of the chairshot.com. He is the unstoppable one. The king of shit takes. And if you didn't also know, he is a wrestling promoter, Greg DeMarco. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. Yes, they are. And yes, we are. We are on that plane. We here. The money plane. We We here. Some of those weeks where you didn't hear was was my fault. But yeah, it's all good. Well, that's neither here nor there, even though we're here right now. That's what we just focus on the now. Yes. Yes. Yes, we do. There we go. So... Uh, the Hashtag Miranda Show is a proud part of the ChairShot Radio Network, which you can find on TheChairShot.com. 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 Always use your head. And, of course, you can find the Hashtag Miranda Show and all of the shows on the ChairShot Radio Network. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Got that one a little you bit. Missed it. Just a little you bit. missed it. You, you missed I'm, 
As the point is, you can find this podcast and other podcasts from the network on your favorite podcast streaming platform like Spotify, Google Tunes, iPlay, and more. And of course, you can follow us on social media. You can follow me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow Greg at ChairShotGreg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, the ChairShot at ChairShotMedia on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. But why can't they find you on Twitter? Well, I did. I, that's literally the first thing I said. Literally the first thing I said, Greg, is I'm the Twitter's heroine. Okay. Okay. The very, the very first, like number one. Fucking nerd. Got it. Okay. Yes. Whatever. Number one thing. Wild card, bitches! Yeah! So it's been a few weeks. It has. And, but, but... I am glad, even though it's a few weeks of you know, past due, it is still an exciting episode uh, in which we are going to be wrapping up and telling you all about IZW Psycho Circus that happened a few weeks ago on Saturday, August 27th at Sun Studios in Tempe. We had a hell of a night as well. Uh, really, the main event crowning a new IZW Women's World Champion. We're going to get to that a little bit later on, on top of all of the matches and events that happened throughout the night, as well as uh, let you know a little bit more information about what's to come with IZW over the next few weeks. So that is going to be the headline of this week's show. And if we get time to it, uh, I'm going to share with everyone a little bit more of a life update and uh some very interesting things that have happened uh, over the past few weeks. And of course it wouldn't be a interesting life update if it wasn't for, for Greg, uh, which he is plenty a part of. So make sure you stay tuned for the entire episode. I can't even like, I can't even like pretend it's not true. I can't even like downplay it. I just can't. No, no. Yeah. Literally you wouldn't have happened. Would, like, literally like someone, happen. someone asked me leading up to life moment. Are you going to life moment? And I was just like, "You're like, bitch! I am the life." It can't moment. happen without me. Yeah, basically. literally could not have happened without Greg. Yeah. So uh, exactly. excited, money plan. Talk more about it, uh, but that's why you got to listen to the full episode this week. We're going to be hitting everything pretty fast and furious uh, because of that, Greg. I, I, I usually. I have to ask you a question, but I'm asking you a question before the question, really the question before the command. Greg, is it time possibly to wind it up? Yeah, we can do it. Oh, okay, Greg, get ready to wind it the fuck up. time! Yes, it is indeed time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very own IDW and chair shot t-shirts today. When you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, you're going to find a ton of t-shirts, both supporting Impact Zone Wrestling and the ChairShot.com. You can go and find different designs. You can customize by ordering in different colors and styles. Yes, styles, which include what? Soft style. So make sure that you visit 
ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. We, of course, have multiple IZW t-shirts, including the IZW Pride shirt that was released earlier this summer, as well as uh, various OG IZW logos. Of course, the IZW World Order, IZW NWA, uh, IZW uh, Japanese logo. And again, customizing them in different colors and styles to fit your needs, as well as seeing all of the chair shot t-shirts like multiple, always use your head shirts. The Suck It Nerd, Baron Corbin sucks. And of course, the Queen of Soft Style t-shirt and Everybody Hates Greg, just to name a few. So what are you waiting for? Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. That is ProWrestlingTees.com dot com forward slash the chair shot fucking nerd promotional consideration paid for by the following hey folks pc tony here thanks to our new partnership with angry lemonade you can save 10 percent on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code chair shot head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services use the promo code chair shot to save 10 percent that's angrylemonade.net so this week's episode, like I mentioned, we are going to be giving you what happened at IZW Psycho Circus, which held a few weeks ago on Saturday, August 27th at Sun Studios. It was a long-awaited return for IZW. Been gone all summer. So it felt a little bit like uh, coming back from summer vacation, getting to see all your friends back in school and getting the year started. And so I always say that you know, Monster at the beginning of the year sets the tone for uh, the year that is an IZW, which is still very true. However, this felt, because we were gone for so long, almost like this whole new chapter in IZW. And yeah. tell us a little bit, too, about that kind of break and how it felt for you coming back to IZW and especially our first show being back, um, being Cycle Circus. Yeah, it's interesting because we went, you know, King of the Jungle was May 7th, early May, as we try, you know, we don't run over the summer and we try to avoid the time when everybody's going to be gone. Then we come back the end of August. So it's like three and a half months longer than usual, which makes the time between the August, and November, two and a half months and makes it shorter. And, and then of course we got Coolidge mixed in the middle of there. So it's definitely different. Um, and it did feel like longer, those extra two weeks. Just felt like so much more, maybe in three weeks, honestly. But Psycho Circus was, you know, a, a kind of an idea and a vision that I had leading up to it. And, and, and I've had the idea for the match concept before I had the name for it. And, and that's, you know, when, when trying to figure out how to name wrestling shows, cause we name every show. It's one of the things that we do. Um, and, and it's important to me. And it's just, just one of the ways, you know, we, we want to stand out and be different. And I think it works. And, you know, Sometimes we put a match with it. We had a fully legal match with fully legal. We have a psycho circus match with psycho circus. Um, it doesn't mean we do it every time, although monster has a monster, but so I guess we do it more than I think. Um, yeah, I was gonna say it's, it's kind of a it's thing, kind of a um, kind of a thing, but it's it's you know, is what it is. Um, but we came up with the match and and then the show name to go along with it, of course. Um, you know. The people I promote this with happen to be huge fans of the rock band Kiss, and so Psycho Circus is the name of their first album, so it just kind of worked out very well and, and worked in with the theme. We even had a, uh, a, a a ring announcer that was more like a ringleader of a one-ring circus at Psycho Circus. I mean, the theme 
definitely played in and, and worked out really well. And I was excited about that. But yeah, the layoff was a little bit longer and it just felt good to come back and, and go back to the Sun Studios one last time and, and, and get to use that setup. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was just good. And, and, um, you know, love the process of getting there. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's not, but then we, once you get there, it feels amazing. And, and that's the way it was on August 27th. Well, we are going to start off with our VIP match. Uh, this, too, is such a great part of the show um, in which fans can come prior to the main show and see some exclusive matches that do absolutely, you know, feed into, and not just matches, but events, interviews that happen that kind of feed into the main show and provide some context. Um, and that certainly happened on the VIP show uh, because, as Greg mentioned, we had the Cycle Circus match, um, which was uh, already announced to headline main event of the show to determine the new IZW Women's World Championship. But our VIP attendees got a taste of the Cycle Circus match because we ended up having one during the VIP show. Um, the Essentially, what had happened was that... Um, Bryce Saturn, uh, I believe, was coming out and uh, interrupted. Well, and and refresh my memory because a lot of things have have already happened. So uh, Bryce Saturn had come out um, essentially in a previous match, kind of you know mocking uh, the 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 previous match, um, and that ended up bringing out. Uh, Mike G and the shade who were scheduled to uh, be in a match um, and Bryce being pretty adamant about not leaving uh, until, you know, he got the respect he deserved that brought out commissioner Derek Montilla and said, well, we're already halfway to a cycle circus match. So let's go ahead and bring out two other competitors and competing for the first time in IZW. We had Balaam links and you did come out. And Commissioner Montilla uh, put together uh, or instated the very first Psycho Circus match at our VIP show. So Deshade, Mike G, Balaam Lynx, Judiz, and Bryce Saturn competed in the first monster match of the show. And for those of you not familiar with the monster match, really, uh, it is a three falls match in which you have three different kind of not even stipulations but setups uh so in the first fall that is a five-way match with all five competitors in the ring uh the competitor who ends up getting pinned after that or in the first fall is eliminated and then the person who pins uh, their competitor, um, whoever the winner is, they get to then pick their partner for the second phase, which is a Lucha Rules tag team match. And so the four remaining competitors will face off against each other in a Lucha Rules tag team match. The winner gets to choose their partner, and then ultimately the other two competitors will team up against each other. And then the winners of the tag match will then go on to phase three, where they go on to the final round, and there must be a winner. Uh, the only way the match can end is in pinfall or submission, um, and then the winner of the final fall is your winner of the entire Psycho Circus match. 
So getting a preview of that um, during our VIP main event uh, with a few familiar faces like, of course, Bryce Saturn, DeShade, and Mike G, plus some new faces in Balaam Lynx and Judiz. The winner of this, well, let's kind of go back because okay. I, I get jumped ahead for, to jumped ahead to the winner because the winner of this is very interesting. Um, first off, you had um, all five compete in this match uh and we had bryce saturn getting eliminated in the very first fall which i don't think fans expected especially after seeing him make all this noise and kind of demand more respect uh from the fans um so he was out after the very first fall then you had um Judiz and uh, Balaam Lynx actually ended up um, getting the pinfall. So he ended up selecting Judiz for his partner, making Mike G and DeShade their tag team uh, partners for the Lucha Rules tag team match. Um, Balaam Lynx and Judiz got the win in the tag team match or the tag team fall. And then uh, in the third phase, we had Judiz and Balaam Lynx face each other with the winner being Balaam Lynx. Um, again, two men who have not competed in IZW before ending up as the final two, um, which I think was a very big surprise to fans. It was a big surprise because they were the two that were not known uh, to to the fans, and and that's what this is all about. You know, we had some new talent debut that has not worked in IZW before, and and those are two of them. And we wanted them to get that opportunity to shine, and and they definitely did. And that's something that I was extremely impressed with and extremely happy with all of the talent who made their IZW debuts. Those two gentlemen, and and of course Jordan Cruz, um, on on the main part of the show. Um, it was just super excited about it. We, the, we wanted to give, of course, our VIP fans that treat of, of seeing the first ever Psycho Circus match internally, kind of behind the scenes. We also wanted to do one before it was the main event, just, just to work through it. Uh, Scott had never refereed one before. And so there was that. And it was really just an opportunity to, to, to see it any and give the the five participants in the main event any opportunity for fine tuning and it also allowed everyone to jump out i mean bryce played his role very well and, and he would appear more throughout the night um shade and mike are, are shade and mike i mean they're they're fantastic they're very consistent and, and, and awesome in their own regard um i don't think anybody saw judas coming and 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 just really standing out the way he did Judas was there just just as an opportunity and you know that, that's what it's about and sometimes you 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 can see footage of people and you can see stuff but it, to see them in person to see them live to see them in front of your audience the audience that, mm-hmm. that's been cultivated and growing over the past three years um and you just see that connection and he found an opportunity he found an opening within the confines of the match of, of the way he could play his role and it just worked and it enhanced everybody and enhanced things for for Balaam and it just worked out really well and uh and, and next thing you know by the end of the match we have two new people who who definitely fit in and in, in Balaam Links and Judas and it's very you know very exciting for both of them and for us to have that so yeah no I think that such a really 
I mean, amazing debut for Judas and for Balaam Link, especially Balaam, who ended up with the win, uh, being able to survive a three phase match against four very outstanding competitors. Um, is this a really big statement to make on your very first night? It sure is. And, and, you know, it could have been anybody. I mean, I think a lot of people probably going in would have expected a Bryce Saturn or somebody to pull off that mm-hmm. win, but for Balaam Links to pull it off and it's just a way to get established. And I think everybody knew in that match was able to establish themselves. And yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit for, for both those guys and for everybody. And, and we'll be seeing more of both of them. That's for sure. And, and I'm excited about it. We are going to jump into our main show with our opening match, a tag team match, Dallas King and MBW, the Mega Bit Warrior against Gino Rivera and Dante King. But everything is not always what it seems. And that happened right off the bat where before the match formally started, Thugnificent and EJ Sparks came out with the shade. The regulators came out and decided to, you know, make things interesting and inserted themselves into the match, wanted to make it a three-way uh, tag team match. And sure enough, they did. So we ended up having Dallas King and MBW versus Gino Rivera and Dante King versus Thugnificent and EJ Sparks. Of course, Dallas King and MBW, an established tag team, debuted over a year ago now um, at IZW. Gino Rivera out with Dante King, his student, and Dante King making his return after a hand injury um, earlier this summer. And of course, Thugnificent and EJ Sparks, we've seen them compete against each other we've seen them uh be teammates and now you know really coming back as the regulators with the shade um you know that is really at their purest form and sometimes their funnest form um and so i am not surprised that they wanted to display their tag team skills in this match gino rivera and dante king getting the win um, which I think, again, is some, somewhat pretty impressive for the student-teacher um, team. Um, but one thing, again, that has been very unique about Gino um, over this past year is um, the level of respect that he's been showing his competitors in the ring. And for those who know Gino, that's not something he does very often, if at all. Um, but he went in to shake the hands of EJ and Thug after the match. Um, kind of got turned away from Dallas and MBW, but then Dante left the ring without giving any kind of acknowledgement to his competitors. Um, I caught up with him at the entrance way after the match and just kind of asking, you know, why, why he didn't end up interacting or shaking the hand of the competitors like his teacher, Gino Rivera did. And he just walked off. No explanation, nothing said, which is, you know, it leaves you wondering what is going on. You know, Gino and Dante had a really great teamwork. Again, Dante is the student of Gino. So what made Dante, and they won the match. So it wasn't that he was in any way a sore loser. It was almost like he was a sore winner and left a lot more questions about what is the status, you know, of, of what's happening between Gino and Dante and what's really going through Dante's mind. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, Dante, you know, a couple years in the business, Gino is his teacher and Gino commands a lot of attention and Gino um, 
you know, doesn't hog the spotlight, but naturally attracts the spotlight. And I think for someone like Dante, he wants that spotlight. And and I think that you win the tag team match, and, and it was Gino who scored the fall. He tagged himself in. Thugnificent didn't even know. And and then when Thugnificent wasn't the legal man, and Gino came off the top with the double stomp, they were able to pick up the victory. Um, I'm guessing Dante thought there was their moment, right? The two of them celebrating. And then when uh, Gino decided to and try to involve everybody and, and um, was turned away by Dallas and Mike, but was able to involve Thugnificent and EJ Sparks. And I just think that wasn't what Dante had in mind. And I don't know. There, I know that um, I haven't talked since then, and, and I don't know where they're at, but that's going to be something we need to find out from Dante King here in the coming coming weeks and months because I don't know what's going on. I mean, this is the guy who trained him. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know where he's headed. I don't. I don't know where his head's at. I know that. Um, you know, he, he yes, he is trained with Gino Rivera, but I also know that he's going to be relocating, and so that that dynamic is going to change. So, yeah, it's very interesting to see where they go from here. And. It's interesting in this point in Gino's career where, you know, he's really been a lone wolf for such a, a long time. And now with um, his uh, on the ropes training academy school, um, with, you know, all of the wrestlers he's trained um, and really now being a teacher, um, he's sharing a lot of his wisdom and experience with these younger wrestlers. And for someone who has always been someone who's been kind of unpredictable, you know, it does also lead to wonder, okay, you know, is this somewhat karma, you know, uh, for all the times that he may have, um, you know, stabbed partners in the back, uh, which there have been plenty. And to kind of go in this, you know, not necessarily full circle, but just in this other, the shoe being on the other foot now in this point of his career is very interesting to see. So I think it would be, um, it will be fascinating to see what happens next between Chino and Dante. Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you kind of turn that around and, and you train everybody and, and you, you, you know, not everybody appreciates you the way you think they might. So um, I think that's part of it. I think that's been part of it and we'll see how that goes in the future but yeah i don't think it's what uh i think it's what everybody expected that's for sure our next match uh really uh i mean there's not a whole lot of words to describe this because really it was a fight and that was jordan cruz making his debut at icw versus graves the resident monster himself. Um, Graves still unbeaten at IZW. Jordan Cruz, a standout in the West Coast. Um, a fantastic match with Graves ultimately getting uh, the win uh, by submission, which is very much a Joe Graves specialty. Um, and really, Joe just continuing to show his dominance in IZW against uh, really the, the top talent, every person you bring in, Greg, Graves takes out. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing there was, you know, Jordan Cruz, uh, he, he came to fight. He knew, what he, was, he knew what he was in for. Leading up to the event, he was excited for the opportunity to step in the ring with Graves, but he also knew what it meant. And uh, he also knew what he was up against. I mean, in, in you know, within the confines of IZW, no one has pinned Graves. No one has made Graves submit. And Jordan Cruz 
gave it a go and, and, and did have opportunities, but it did not work out that way. But he did also earn Graves' respect. And, and after the match, Graves did invite him back in the ring and, and gave him that. And, and, and Graves didn't have to do that. And Graves and, and you know, we, we put these events together and, and things are written and planned. And, and that wasn't one of them. And that's something that, you know, Graves did because he did respect Jordan. They've never wrestled each other before and, and they've never even been in the ring together. So for Graves to have that one-on-one opportunity with Jordan Cruz and give him that spotlight that he didn't have to give him shows a lot. And, and I think, you know, there's a bright future ahead for Jordan Cruz in, in IZW as well. You know, he's someone who has excelled and, and, you know, he had try out with WWE and, and appeared in some videos there. And he worked a couple of matches for AEW and, and his star is on the rise, but you know, getting him into IZW is something we've worked on at times before and, and weren't able to make it work with dates and availability. And this did, and, and, and they're already, you know, set to come back. And, and I'm very excited about that, but, um, but yeah, he proved himself, proved himself against the toughest competition possible and, and stood out in every, Every, every visible way and, and it impressed even his opponent. And Graves with this patented two dudes yep. uh, comment, which that is a positive sign. If, if he comes out to the ring and says, there's two dudes in the ring, that means he's looking at you as a, as a man, as an equal. If he comes out and says, there's only one dude here, that means you are viewed then less than. Yes. So everybody remembers the he, moment in, in monster when there were, Graves, Jacob Austin Young, along with MBW, Dallas King, and Fresco Matic. And Graves pointed out, still just two dudes. So he will not, you know, label you a dude unless he wants to. And he labeled Jordan Cruz a dude. So um, if that's not a stamp of approval, I don't know what is. I don't know. That, that's as good as it's going to get for Jordan Cruz's first stamp of approval from, from Joe Graves. Uh, after that match, we had Smooth Talk with Jay Booth. Uh, his patent segment uh, in which he welcomed the Navajo Warrior to come out. Uh, and in this segment, uh, the Navajo Warrior announced that he is to, he's qualified for uh, the Strongman World Competition in November. And just thanking the IZW family for, you know, the support for being able to explore this facet of, of his career um, and just being able to share with the crowd, you know, just kind of this this big, big accomplishment that he's worked so hard on um, over the past year, um, you know. With that, though, um, in in celebrating and, and really get together with the crowd, uh, Pete the Heat uh, comes out, which was supposed to be Jay Smooth's original guest. However, Jay Smooth thought this was a much more interesting guest, which I completely agree with. Um, and so Pete the Heat comes out um, just, of course, still kind of hot over everything in life you know pizza he has not had very much success um uh, as of late we know how well his uh coaching career went at cool town clash um and so with that um he came out really to, to mock the navajo warrior but ended up uh saying you know he he wasn't going to uh you know, be there alone. So he came out with Miko Maestro, um, who we had seen uh, previously in IZW. Um, but then after that, too, we had uh, a, a pretty big surprise announcement as well, um, in which he 
also brought out Kevin Koa. Um, and after that, Atiba came out to uh, even the odds. And so we ended up having a, a little six-man tag, uh, the team of Miko Maestro, Pete the Heat, um, and Kevin Koa versus Jay Smooth, Atiba, and the Navajo Warrior. Now, this was on your bingo card of wrestling this year. Man, you know, you, you were some type of fortune teller because there was absolutely no way I would have imagined this going down, um, especially seeing Kevin Koa making a very rare appearance at IZW, um, a product of the Arizona Pro Wrestling Training Center, has just been a dominant force um, everywhere that he's gone, whether that's at SLAMU, whether that's at FSW, um, he's competed, um, you know, really in, in so many places around the West Coast and to make his way, uh, to IZW, I know was, um, you know, a, a factor for him. Um, as well as, you know, being able to see the team of Jay Smooth, Atiba, and the Navajo Warrior in action. Kind of a, a, an eclectic team, but one that seemingly ended up working pretty well. That was until the very end with Pete the Heat getting the win with the assist from Miko Maestro um, and getting the win for his team. Which, again, if that was on your bingo card of wrestling, I I can't imagine that being on anyone's bingo card. Not at all. And, and I can tell you, you know, for, for a lot of different people, but um, for the Navajo warrior, he, he absolutely loved what took place there an opportunity for him to get in the ring with some really spectacular young talent and, and, and share the ring with those people. Uh, he, you know, he, he loved the opportunity to do that with the Tebow, with Miko, with Kevin, um, you know, and with Pete and, and with Atiba, like it was definitely something that he was very excited to do. And, and he just had a blast doing that, even though his team unfortunately was not able to pick up the victory. Um, you know, thanks to an assist from Kevin, uh, Pete the Heat getting the one, two, three, not something that you see every day in IZW either. Um, and, and really everybody stepped up, you know, Kevin getting the opportunity, unfortunately, due to a canceled flight. And, and, um, that opportunity came up at the last minute and for him, you know, taking the risk to, to jump in and, um, at such short notice and, and be able to compete on the card. Um, you know, as someone who years ago, when we first started this, he was in the crowd. And so to have him there and, and, you know, go from watching a talent like the Navajo warrior to sharing the ring with him. I mean, that's a big moment and something that I'm glad we were able to do. And, and I'm glad he was willing to take that risk, um, and everything that comes along with it. But I thought it was great and something that I thought he did an amazing job, as did everyone else. And again, you know, another one of those talents who, who made their ICW debut at Psycho Circus and, and ended up impressing in the end. And I think it was great for him and great for everybody else. So super proud of him and all six people, what they did. And, and again, you know, it's just an opportunity in, in wrestling. Sometimes these things happen and they come up and, and we get an opportunity to put on something like an exciting six-man tag team match, and that's exactly what the fans got. And also the Navajo Warrior continuing to work with younger talent is something that he continues to give back to the wrestling community. Um, Someone who doesn't need to to do this, but does it because he wants, you know, these younger wrestlers to grow and to learn. Um, You know, Jay Smooth is continuously improving each and every time. Um, Atiba's charisma is something that, you know, anytime he comes out, 
um, fans get excited and they smile because he has such a contagious energy. Um, and I got to admit, I like this idea. I like this duo of Miko Maestro and, uh, and Pete the Heat. It is a team I did not think I would like, but seeing kind of Miko being uh, Pete's, you know, uh, backup, um, I mean, it's smart, you know. We talked about, you know, changes in careers and when you've been in the business for long enough, you know, Pete's in a part of his career where he doesn't need to do the dirty work. He can have a an up-and-comer like Miko do it for him. And Miko, you know, uh, is, is young and impressionable enough to be persuaded by uh, the uh, the words of Pete the Heat. So I don't know if this is a, a permanent tag team or a permanent partnership. But it is one that I I surprisingly enjoyed. Yeah, I think you'll see more of it. Uh, I'm pretty certain because it does work. You're, you know, you're exactly right. Like it does make sense. It does work. I think you'll see more of everybody that was in there in this match. I do believe you're exactly right. Like like part of bringing IZW back was the opportunities for the new talent and, and for new talent to get a chance to work with the Navajo Warrior, who of course just in May, you know was part of the Hawaiian Lions last ever match. And so seeing the tribe come to a close and, and, and now going to the next stage of his career, it's, it's, you know, definitely an opportunity for him. And this is what he wants to do. He wants to work with young talent and, and he can watch a match and he can give them feedback, but to be physically in the ring with them makes such a big difference. And, and for him as a teacher and as a coach, like that's just something that he cherishes and he always will. Um, and, and that's a big part of what we want to do. And so he got that opportunity there as well. So sometimes things have meaning beyond what we just what we see in the ring, and that was one of those one of those times. Our next match was a highly anticipated one. Charles Cassis, uh, representing Final Destination, took took on Jacob Austin Young, Jay himself, and. Jay, I mean, again, someone who's also been a staple throughout the West Coast, especially in FSW, made his New Japan Strong debut um, just last week. And so amazing things ahead for him in the future. A pretty big test uh, in front of him uh, in the form of Charles Cassis. Charlie, you know, being unbeaten um, and having that backup of Final Destination in his corner as well. Um, but Jacob Austin Young did the, the one thing that no one else has done so far, and that was beat Charles Cassis in the middle of that ring clean and ended up handing Charles his very first loss in IZW, um, which, again, is, is big. You know, no one has been able to beat Charlie and uh, with the momentum that the final destination has behind them, it really felt like no one was going to be able to beat him. But you cannot deny the talent that Jacob Austin Young brings to any wrestling ring. He is incredibly smart and calculated and stays calm under pressure and doesn't get frustrated. And I think all those things lend so well to him in the ring. And it obviously worked out for him in the end uh, by getting pretty much, you know, the biggest win in his IDW career thus far. 
Yeah, I mean, he was in the final two at Monster, and and he picked up a big, you know, win at, at, at uh, King of the Jungle in a star-studded four-way match. He wrestled to a time limit draw with Graves at Cool, you know, Cool Town Clash One. But here he was with Charles Cassius, who never lost in ICW and hasn't lost anywhere in almost two weeks. Really? And what? Yeah. And and so to get that victory um, was huge and something big for him. I mean, like you said, undeniable. Like Jacob has been. Again, came in last November, um, somewhat of a, a try and see how he fits and, and fit in very well. And it's just taken off ever since then. And um, and it just, you know, the sky's the limit for, for someone like Jacob Austin Young. And, and again, you know, Charles Cassius, you get news to not losing. And, and sometimes when that mm-hmm. finally comes, I mean, they didn't take it too well. No, I mean, he just snapped. At the end of his match, just rampant yelling and screaming at everybody. Um, uh, really, uh, at the top of his lungs, I've never seen him so angry. And if you think about a 300-plus pound guy angry in the middle of a wrestling ring, it was a pretty scary thing to watch. Um, but, I mean, to the point where the other members of Final Destination had to come out and pull him back. Um, and kind of get him recollected because he was he was furious on losing and and really though at the end of the day he he had nobody else to blame because he did lose cleanly um, and with that too I think Jacob Austin Young really wanted to ride that wave of momentum um, after Charles left he ended up taking the microphone um, out and and Graves himself came out um, seemingly to kind of maybe congratulate Jacob Austin. I'm not really sure because, uh, you know, Graves doesn't really always put his intentions out there for people to know. But, um, you know, Jacob Austin Young took that opportunity to challenge Joe Graves to another one-on-one fight um, at Wanted, Dead or Alive, which is uh, the next IZW show coming up in November. And Joe Graves accepted um, which, you know, for many of us figured he wasn't going to turn down another opportunity. But I mean, now seeing the way that Jay has won against Charles and how much he's been able to do in and out of IZW, I could see now this could be the time in which, you know, Jay is really ready to face Graves. Yeah. And I mean, Graves, they've, they've wrestled before. They wrestled to a time limit draw in Coolidge. Um, and they'll be partners this upcoming event in Coolidge, which is another wrinkle for them. But for Jacob, I mean, he has all the momentum. He saw that opportunity. He obviously wants to to be the one to to unseat Graves from that undefeated streak and unbeaten streak. But at the same time, Graves, um, while he did not lose to Jacob Austin Young, he also did not beat Jacob Austin Young. And, mm-hmm. and that's and while he was glad that someone pushed him to that limit at the same time. I think he wants to, to, you know, it's not red in his ledger, but it's also not black. So I think he wants to turn that around. And and so when that was served up to him for Wanted Dead or Alive in Glendale on November 12th, he was 100% on board with, with making that happen. And that's going to be a treat for everybody. You know, it, it, it's it's what does that mean? Is, can Jacob Austin Young, for the second time in a row, pull off the, the unthinkable? You know, he beat the unbeaten Charles Cassius. Now can he beat the unbeaten Graves? Um, or does Graves kind of kind of right the ship, you know, on the one guy that he wasn't able to beat and Jacob Austin Young and, and do it again 
when they have that rematch. So huge implications, a huge match for both guys, and um, we're all the better for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it really makes me anticipate what's going to happen on November 12th at Wanted Dead or Alive. This is going to be, like you mentioned too, you know, it was a time limit draw. So now with this coming up, you know, I, I absolutely agree that these men want to have a definitive winner mm-hmm. at the end of this next match. So um, it, it's one that's really, it can absolutely could go either way. You know, you have arguments for both. So um, big things are happening on November 12th. We'll get more into that a little bit later. But we're going to take this opportunity right now to take a commercial break. So, Greg, let's go ahead and pay some bills. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Now we head into the final three matches of the night and three pretty big matches indeed. First off, we had the match uh, against or Mr. Classic against EJ Sparks in an in, under anything goes rules, which is exactly what it sounds like. Anything goes. Now, this has been building for over a year between EJ Sparks and Mr. Classic. Mr. Classic has undermined EJ Sparks, attacked EJ Sparks, belittled EJ Sparks, has fought against him, has tried to screw him over. I mean, anything that you can think of, Mr. Classic has done. And so this brewing for so much time really lends itself to anything goes. Because really, at this point, what else could EJ could have done? You know, to to finally get rid of Mr. Classic. Um, And that's exactly what he did. He got the win and finally beat Mr. Classic. He finally was able to prove that he is better than him and could out-wrestle him, could outlast him. And it really, you know, was kind of a, a long time coming for Mr. Classic. You know, uh, finally his his ass ass couldn't uh, uh, couldn't uh, cash the uh, checks that that his body you know his mouth was putting out uh, for so long. So karma finally came for Mr. Classic in the form of a big defeat um, against EJ Sparks. You know, and, and yeah, it it even went back to um, you know regulate in in May of last year when EJ Sparks became the number one contender. A situation that Classic wasn't even in and wanted to be in that situation. And he wanted to be the one that we're going to get the title shot. And so he attacked him there. He attacked him at, at you know, Grand Prix. Uh, he when you think about too, he yeah, he was he was the uh, special guest referee at mm-hmm. Fully Legal. You know, I mean, and pretty much like it's almost been like he's been, you know, um, EJ shadow everywhere that EJ has been or every type, you know, every time EJ has been trying to make a step towards uh, the world championship, Mr. Classic was there to, to bust mm-hmm. that party up. 
and you know, and even got himself a, a title shot in the process. And uh, at the first Cool Town Clash, he was not successful there. Um, just all, you know, a big, big part of it all. But this needed to come to a head for both athletes. I think they needed to be able to move on and, and pursue the interest they want to pursue in their career and, and had to figure this thing out. And they were able to do that. And, and with the assistance of a chair, which was fully without, allowed within the rules, um, EJ Sparks was able to pick up the victory and get that measure of revenge on Mr. Classic. And I think now they can both, they, they, they both got some things they want to pursue and now they can. And I think yeah. sometimes you just gotta, gotta work, gotta, gotta get past that one item. And, and now we can finally move, finally move forward. That's where they are. Yeah. Finally move forward. Speaking of moving forward. The next match, the second to last match on this card was the IZW World Heavyweight Championship match. The winner of this year's monster, Evan Daniels, faced our reigning and defending champion, Thug Nificent. Um, again, you know, Evan Daniels winning monster earlier this year made it abundantly clear what his target was. Not long after winning Monster, the Magnificent has been a fighting champion through and through. Um, so this was something that not maybe as long brewing as, you know, what has happened between him and Mr. Classic, but one that has had a lot of time to simmer over this year. We had a very interesting moment in the match where it appeared that Evan Daniels had injured his leg after a pretty rough spot um, to the point where it looked like you know, he was going to work at the match or not be able to continue with the match. Um, it really got a lot of people concerned about, you know, what was his status. However, it was a moment of playing possum. Um, and one where it was caused enough of a distraction uh, for Charles Cassius to come out to try and give the advantage uh, to Evan Daniels. However, the Magnificent was able to uh, continue on really, you know, fighting Evan Daniels in the ring and, and against Final Destination outside of the ring. Um, and Thugnificent winning once again um, and still being your IZW World Heavyweight Champion. This truly felt, this match as far as the talent between both of them, I mean, Evan Daniels is an incredible wrestler. And one in which I think his wrestling mimics a lot of what the Magnificent can do, a lot of versatility, where he has power, but he also has speed. He also can move. He can kind of do some high-flying moments, but he's also very technical. I would say of a lot of the competitors that he's faced, there was a lot of similarities between him and Evan Daniels, which in some ways um, can be a lot harder to mm-hmm. wrestle against. Um, because at least when you have someone who's different than you, you're able to kind of combat that with your own style. But when you're wrestling against someone who's more similar to you, I can only imagine kind of the difficulties it is in kind of figuring out how are you going to beat this person? You know, it's literally thinking about the ways that you would kind of have your own weaknesses and how to exploit them, which will then mean you kind of expose yourself to those things um, as well. Um, after the match, though, Charles Cassis attacked Magnificent, um, and really it seemed like he was just letting out all of this anger um, from his loss earlier in the night, from the loss that Evan had, and really just took all of his aggression out on Magnificent. And then after that, um, you know, EJ Sparks and Shade came out, um, and we had our commissioner, Derek Montilla, um, shortly thereafter announced that we are going to settle this 
between the regulators and final destination inside a steel cage, wanted dead or alive. So the team of the magnificent EJ Sparks in the shade will face off against Bryce Saturn, Evan Daniels, and Charles Cassis in a steel cage match at Wanted Dead or Alive on November 12th. Um, let's take this into two parts, Greg. First part, as far as the World Championship match between Evan Daniels and Thugnificent. Evan Daniels has watched Thugnificent, um, you know, overcome every obstacle that's been put in his way <laughs> from winning the championship when no one expected that to happen to defeating Watson in his first title defense after Watson earned that through winning a ladder match, sending him into his downward spiral that led to all of Light's camera faction coming into IZW, beating EJ Sparks, his own partner, um, in, you know, in the, in the main event at fully legal, defeating Mr. Classic and, and, and being able to do that, beating the Hawaiian lion and, and basically sending a legend into retirement and towards that retirement, Overcoming again his, his partner EJ Sparks in an Iron Man match. Um, and then coming against Evan Daniels, who uh made the point before the match, like the one difference that you had, um, you have history with all of your other opponents, and there was a level of respect at the time of the matches, and 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 you cared about them as professionals and as people. Evan Daniels flat out said he doesn't give a damn about Thugnivus, and he gives a damn about winning the IZW World Heavyweight Championship, wanted an advantage. Pulled one out with the, you know, the faking the injury to the point where, you know, playing on Thugnificent's desire to be that fighting champion. It was Thugnificent who said we weren't going to end the Ironman match in a draw, that he would put the title up. We had to go five more minutes. Thugnificent said we're not having, you know, match end with an injury. You know, Bryce Adam was out there, said I will defend the title against you right now. Obviously, Final Destination, knowing the type of person that Thugnificent was, setting him up for that, which gave Evan Daniels the advantage when he came back out from the other side. But again, he pulled it out and, and was able to pull out the win in what was an another outstanding title defense for Thugnificent against, like you said, one of the most talented performers in the ring um, in, in all of IZW, all of Arizona, all the Southwest in Evan Daniels. Um, who, you know, made his debut at NAV 30 at, at the choice of the Navajo Warrior in, in a showcase match with Tyler Cintron and has just since grown and become a huge part of IZW, including winning Monster and getting that title shot. So it's, you know, continuing to move forward for him and, and a lot of opportunities ahead, but he pushed Thugnificent to the limit, but the champion was able to you know, one how somehow retain his title once again, and and now he's approaching 600 days as the IZW World Heavyweight Champion. And the aftermath of the match with uh, Charles Cassis, you know, really, uh, and and on the final destination, um, just beating down Thugnificent and all of the frustrations on him um, having the regulators there to back up Thugnificent and the ultimate decision uh, by Commissioner Montia to have this settled in a cage match. I mean, to talk more about that process and really, um, you know, this being kind of a, a big milestone for, for IZW. Yep. First ever cage match in the history of IZW. Um, and and really, you know, it needed to be an appropriate situation. And this definitely is that with all the issues that Final you know, when Final Destination was formed, they were formed at the expense of the regulators in the finals of uh Grand Prix. In that finale, they were the last two teams. 
that turn is is what led to Final Destination winning at Grand Prix and and really setting themselves on this path. The only person to pin Thugnificent in IZW since he won that championship was Charles Cassius in the finals of uh, of the IZW Grand Prix. So this has been brewing since then for them to bring in the shade who has been a part of the regulators outside of IZW to even the odds like we did here. And next thing you know, DeShade comes back into IZW to help out the regulators, finds himself right in the middle of a steel cage match. Um, again, a first for IZW as we bring in a steel cage match, we move to a larger venue, which is something we've been talking about for a long time. And here we are in November 12th, you know, that cage is going to go up in the main event of wanted dead or alive. And, this thing's going to get settled. And, and I think that, you know, for everybody involved, that's for the best because you look at, you know, Charles Cassius, he wants to win the IZW World Heavyweight Championship for Thugnificent. He wants to defend that title for, for EJ Sparks. He just finally rid himself of Mr. Classic. He wants to go on and compete. Uh, you know, Bryce Saturn wants that respect that everybody's been talking about. Evan Daniels is like, what's next? He's, he's this amazing competitor, you know, in DeShade. He just wants to find his footing in IZW and now he's in the middle of a cage match. Like for these, all six of these guys, uh, it's huge. And, and, and now they're, it, it's, it's going to be huge and it's going to be inside that unforgiving steel cage on, on November 12th. And, you know, we're going to see who comes out on top. I mean, for Final Destination, they have, have talked a big game. They have proven a big game all along, but the regulators have been together longer and have been a unit for longer than, than this incarnation with Final Destination. So, um, as a unit, this is also going to be Final Destination's toughest task, but it's probably the same for the regulators. Yeah, I mean, again, this is another one, too, where you think about the cohesiveness that you have with the regulators, but you also have the skills collectively between Final Destination. And they are also, I mean, as much as the regulators have been a team, you know, uh, Charles Cassis and, um, and, and Evan Daniels have been a tag team for much, much longer. And when you add in the kind of uh, new element of Bryce Saturn, who's trained under them as well, um, they, oh, I could, you know, between these two teams, I could see them collectively sharing one mind. And I think that's why the steel cage is a perfect setting for them um, because truly it was what's going to take to contain them. Um and I think, especially for Charles Cassis, who has been, especially throughout this particular show, incredibly frustrated, is that format. But also, that could be the equalizer for the regulators, where you have such maybe a size disadvantage between, you know, them and Charles Cassis that you may need that steel cage in order to create some balance um, in this. So a lot of other you know, things to keep in mind. We are definitely going to be talking more about this um, as we get closer to this steel cage match uh, because there's so much to break down and talk about and predict uh, for uh, Wanted, Dead or Alive. But I have to get to our main event. It is the Psycho Circus match to crown the new IZW Women's World Champion. The first time in 10 years that we have a new uh, women's world champion and with five competitors, Lilith Grimm, Miss Anime, Gypsy Mac, Bryn Thorne, and Morgan. Each one of these women over really the past year kind of stating their case as to why they should be included in this opportunity. 
in each one of them being included. Um, I mean, you we've seen the tension and really the buildup, but also the match between Brent Thorne and, and Morgan um, last year at Fully Legal. Of course, Lilith Grimm also there as well. Um, and both her and Brent Thorne ended up making it to the monster match um, through that no contest uh, back in February. Anna May getting a very surprising win against Brent Thorne earlier this year. And Gypsy Mac being kind of a very continuous um, presence on the roster. Kind of also a wild card um, in this match as far as uh, an experience level matching a lot of these women, but also someone too who um, has wrestled in a lot of different places um, and really could adapt to any style. Um, again, a reminder about the Psycho Circus match format. Um, it is a three-phase match in which the first phase is a five-way match with all competitors in the ring. And then uh, the loser, whoever gets pinned or submitted, uh, is eliminated. And the winner then gets to select their tag team partner for phase two, which is a Lucha Rules tag team match. Then we have two on two. From there, the winners of the tag match move on to the third and final phase, whereas the other losers are eliminated. And then we have a, a final phase in which we have a one-on-one between the final two competitors where there must be a winner and the match can win, uh, can end. Uh, only way the match can end is in a pinfall or submission. So uh, before we get into breakdown of this match, Greg, I know this was, you know, a, a big deal for IZW um, and in its announcement when it came out that um, the IZW Women's World Championship was going to be crowned in this format. Um, so again, kind of explain, I know you may have shared a bit earlier, but too, like why this format, why this way to crown a women's champion? I mean, you've got to crown a champion somehow, and it was time to crown the champion, and there's lots of different ways to do it. But in the Psycho Circus match, when we came up with the concept, it's, you know, it's a big deal to be in, you know, to be advertised, to be in this match for the first time ever, for it to be the main event, and for IZW to crown its first women's champion in over a decade. It was 12 years since we last had the IZW Women's World Championship. And and to do so with these competitors, all of whom had had history in IZW, both long and short, um, you know, going back to Morgan being the original IZW to to Miss Anna May being the first person to beat Bryn Thorns, and she made her debut in IZW. So, uh, and you mentioned you know the, the the issues between Lilith and Bryn as well. We all know about the issues between Morgan and and Bryn, and then you had Gypsy Mac there to really be the opportunist and try to take advantage of all of that. Um, and she's earned her way into it as well. So to do that, to, to crown it in the main event, because this is the largest prize in, in, in all of Arizona and, and all of IZW for the women, that the opportunity to be in the main event, to be in the signature match of the Psycho Circus card, all really built up to that, that one opportunity. And, and, you know, in the end, it delivered and is something that was important to us to do. As a group, important to all the competitors, important to the winner, just really important to everybody to be done the way it was done in the manner and, and, and showcased in, in the way it was. And they all deserved it. So we start off with the five-way match, all five competitors in the ring. Anna May is the first one eliminated as she gets pinned by Gypsy Mac. 
Gypsy then picks Lilith Grimm as her tag team partner. Again, as you talk about being the opportunist, the opportunist, knowing that uh, Bryn, Thorne, and Morgan have had so much tension, so much history that they, there, it was going to be nearly impossible for them to work as a team. Um, however, that decision may have come back to a uh, biter in the ass because Bryn, Thorne, and Morgan end up being able to work well enough together to win the second phase of the match, having Gypsy Mac and Lilith Grimm get eliminated, which I think, too, you know, um, was a, a pretty big moment in that match to have the final two be Bryn Thorne and Morgan. Um, again, in this being kind of in an anything goes format where the only way you can win is in pinfall or submission, uh, the, the kendos were brought out. Um, and that truly was something that Morgan, uh, brought out as a way to say, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this to, to, till we can't walk. Um, and so, uh, those were utilized in this portion of the match. Um, but ultimately, Brenna Thorne ended up winning and becoming the new IZW Women's World Champion. Yeah, and it was, you know, for her, it was the culmination of almost two years in IZW and, and very poetic. She made her debut by attacking Morgan. And she made her de- debut by attacking Morgan at NAV30 the night that we were celebrating Morgan's husband. Uh, and, and Morgan, you know, there was a ceremony, obviously, for the main event and, and NAV30's match to celebrate 30 years in the business. And Morgan had to do that in a sling, thanks to Bryn Thorne's attack on her. And um, even though, you know, they kind of finished their business at, at Fully Legal and the strap match, as luck would have it, you know, Gypsy Mac, you know, made what was would seem like a sound strategic decision to put, you know, Bryn Thorne and Morgan on the same team, which is the big part of Psycho Circus is that strategy. And putting her into an opportunity where they had to team up with each other. Can they coexist? They probably can't. And next thing you know, um, they, they pull off the victory and they're, they're fighting against each other. Kendo sticks did come out at, at, you know, thanks to Morgan. And it was Bryn Thorne who was able to pull off that victory and really cap off, you know, nearly first two years of IZW with what she felt was rightfully hers. And that's the, you know, the IZW mm-hmm. Women's World Championship. And now it's in her possession. And I, it's going to be, you know, and I know how proud she is of that and, and what it means to her as a human being and as an individual. And uh, it's going to take a lot to, to get that out of her hands. I mean, she sees what Thugnificent has done for the past, you know, almost two years now as the IZW World Heavyweight Champion. So the bar has been set and, and she has that within her sights. Hers is in its infancy now, um, but she, she knows what the standard is. And obviously she's going to, we don't know the heights that Thignificent is going to reach before he ever loses that thing. But, you know, she's obviously going to try to beat it. Yeah. I mean, the gauntlet has been laid out, you know, now. I mean, one, it leaves now four women in the wings who are now ready to challenge uh Bryn Thorne for the opportunity along with other women all over you know the west coast that may be knocking on your door asking to face Bryn Thorne for that women's world championship um but as someone who has seen Bryn wrestle really for you know several years now but especially seeing 
the way that she debuted with ICW, everything that she's gone through with Morgan and everything that she stands for, you know, herself, this is something that is truly, you know, uh, a way not, not to cap off a career because there's still much, much more of a career to go, but it's such a big milestone for her. Um, and one that I know that she will take on, you know, any, any challenger and very much in a, Maybe looks a little different uh, because, again, she does have the backup of Final Destination, which they came out to celebrate with her, um, but will absolutely be a fighting champion. And that only will bring out the best competitors, but also the best in her. And as we've seen, sometimes the the best that we see out of Bryn Thorne is when she has her back up against the wall. And now she has a target on her back because every woman out there is going to be aiming for her in order to get a shot at that women's world championship. And you've got, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where she goes because she didn't beat Lilith Grimm. They fought through no contest. They had an altercation earlier in the evening. Anime pinned her, and, and she's obviously got that issue to resolve. She she feels as though she's done with Morgan, and I think that that, that, that feeling is mutual. Um and yeah, like you said, there's there's competitors lining up all over. So uh, it ain't gonna be an easy road for Bryn Thorne, but you know it wasn't an easy road into IZW. She had to force her way in. That was something that you know, and even in putting that together behind the scenes was was very important to to be done right and and to be set up right because we knew where to go with it. And and here we are. Um, you know, mm-hmm. she just lost before her last match before Psycho Circus was her first loss. And, yeah. and that was the same night she found out she was going to be in the Psycho Circus match. So it was like, okay, I lost, but now I have this opportunity in front of me. Mentally, we've seen what losses do to people. We saw what it did to Charles Cassius uh, earlier in the night. So we know what it did to, to Bryn Thorne mentally to lose that match. But she had to immediately reset and be like, here's the biggest opportunity I've ever had laying in front of me. Um, I got to make the most of it. And she did. And she delivered and proved that, you know, that one loss wasn't going to hold back what she felt was her destination. And and here we are. She was the first member of Final Destination to capture gold in ICW. And it seemingly may not be the last. We've, we've talked about everything that's to come ahead, um, you know, between yeah. Final Destination and the regulators. Another announcement that was made at Psycho Circus Commissioner Derek Montilla announced that we would be crowning another new champion at Wanted Dead or Alive on November 12th. So no details yet about what that championship is, who's eligible, and how it's going to be won. None of that has been released yet, but we do know that a new champion will be crowned at Wanted Dead or Alive. And that could, who knows, you know, maybe uh, Final Destination pulls some kind of double duty that day and and try and force their way into whatever this is. Um, it could be people that we've seen within IZW, maybe people we've never seen in IZW. We have no idea what this, again, championship match is. Just knowing that we are going to crown some new champions at Wanted Dead or Alive puts the stakes higher going into November 12th. It is just something that um, really leaves the anticipation. Any details, any teasers, anything that you can share about this new championship? Oh, the irony of this not being a video podcast. No. 
There are no details that I can share about this championship. Um, in, you know, it, it, the world will find out. Uh, I can tell you the world will find out before some details before November 12th, but obviously all okay. the details come November 12th and we will see who is crowned uh, this champion and, and what this championship is, what it means and all those details. I, if anybody wants any insight into what we're doing, um, I will tell you that um, we don't do things just to do them. So there's that. Everything that we've done, every match that we've put on, every everything has a purpose. And, and you know, we've tried to do things that are unique and different, but also make sense and, and fit within the world of pro wrestling. And this will too. And, and that's really where I will leave it. Um, again, some details will be laid out before wanted dead or alive and, and the remaining piece of the puzzle will come out there at the event. So we'll see you there. Yes. Yeah, so speaking of seeing you there, Greg, a big announcement too, that just came out that, uh, IZW has found a new home for wanted dead or alive. Um, this show will be held at the horny toad in Glendale. So we're going to be moving to the other side of the Phoenix area for this show. Um, a bigger venue, bigger capacity. I mean, we need something bigger to be able to hold a cage match. So, uh, talk to briefly about this big move, uh, from Tempe now to Glendale. It is important on a couple of different levels. Number one, um, you know, we want to be able to hold events in various places in, in Arizona. And while the majority of our events have been at the Sun Studios, we had the opportunity at the Scottsdale Studios. And then unfortunately, that building was sold kind of out from under us. And so returning to the Sun Studios. But like we've talked about before, those four walls are permanent in the Sun Studios. We cannot grow. We cannot fit anybody else in there. Psycho Circus, again, another sold out event. And, and we just keep having those time after time. And so it, it's, you know, sure, we can move to a place that could, you know, hold a thousand people if we wanted to. So we're not going to be able to continue to tout sold out events, but it's not about that. It's about giving as many people as possible the opportunity to see you know, our events and to grow as an organization. Um, it, it is an indoor outdoor facility. So it's not something that you're going to see, you know, in May, like, like what we do or in August, you know, it, it's more of a November, February type of a place that we could use. So, um, we will have an opportunity to, to, to go elsewhere as well. But, um, it's kind of just that next step. We always talk about what's next. What's next for IZW in terms of growth? You know, we've got our content, figuring out what we do with that in terms of distribution. But uh, this is also one of the answers to what's next and something that's been worked on going back a little ways and and with the opportunity uh, being there and, and finally able to make that happen and, and to do it in a, quite a big way with with the steel cage match. So uh, extremely excited for November 12th and, and ticket sales have been going really well, um, given a new venue, given, you know, we're just kind of getting started down that road and, and very excited about what that looks like. And for that partnership with that venue, um, lead to a lot of exciting things. So I'm extremely excited, you know, food and drink available for the first time in an IZW event, alcohol available for those over 20 or 21 mm-hmm. and over to, to purchase and, and, and enjoy responsibly at our event. And it's something that's important to us to be able to continue to grow. That's been a big request since, since day one is, is when we could offer something like that to our fans. And now here we are. So uh, I'm very excited about it and very excited to see how things go and looking forward to that relationship with the horny toad, uh, you know, a couple times a year and, and be able to, to do that for, for our fans and, and maybe some new ones on that side of town. So 
IZW Wanted Dead or Alive Saturday, November 12th at the Horny Toad in Glendale. As we already talked about, uh, a steel cage match. The Regulators versus Final Destination. We also know that we are going to see Jacob Austin Young versus Graves. We also will have a new championship uh, that will be, um, you know, a new champion will be crowned with a new championship. Um, that and much, much more happening on Saturday, November 12th at Wanted Dead or Alive. But before we get to that, we have a pit stop in Coolidge at Cool Town Clash 2, Saturday, September 24th at the Coolidge Youth Center. Um, uh, Greg, tell us a bit about uh, this kind of pit stop before getting uh, to Wanted Dead or Alive in November. Yeah, I mean, it might appear, you know, on the, on the calendar, definitely a pit stop, but these events in Coolidge have become such a big deal for us. We love the community. The way we were received the first time was so much fun to be able to work with Robles Boxing and Fitness, as well as with the city. And, and we've got some other uh, potential people that we're working with as we gear up for September 24th that we're very excited about. But again, as was mentioned in the lead up to the first Cool Town Clash, Coolidge is where the career for the Navajo Warrior started. And, and there is no IZW without the Navajo Warrior. And there may not be no Navajo Warrior without Coolidge. And so to have those events there twice a year like we do are very important. And, you know, every, again, everything means something. And, and yes, there are some special things that happen at those events. There's the, the boxing sparring exhibitions, which will take place along you know, with our partnership with, um, with, with Robles Boxing and Fitness. But at the same time, you know, Thugnificence defending the IZW World Heavyweight Championship against Bryce Saturn. Again, he said, let's have a match when Evan Daniels was hurt. Bryce Saturn came out um, as part of the ruse, but Bryce Saturn also said, hey, he gave me a title match. I deserve my title match. Now he's going to get it in in Coolidge and, and could be quite imagine if he wins the IZW World Heavyweight Championship, what that means going into mm-hmm. one and dead or alive. Uh, we know, you know, you know, the regulators will also battle final destination in a, t- in a tag team match. So we've got a lot going on. The Navajo warrior going one-on-one with Mercury Yaden. We got 50 years of experience in the ring at that time when those two guys are, are wrestling, which is going to be a treat for everybody. Um, Graves and Jacob Austin Young teaming up. You know, before they have to fight each other, they're going to team up and take on the team of MBW and Dallas King. So, um, again, just just a lot of great things to come, more to be announced as well. And, and uh, I'm super excited about it. I, I love when we go to Coolidge. Uh, those two times a year are fantastic, and this is going to be no different. So I'm very excited about it. You can uh, check out information about IZW at IZWWrestling.com. Information on tickets for both Wanted, Dead or Alive and Cool Town Clash are available. And go ahead and follow IZW on social media at IZWWrestlingAZ on all forms of social media. That way you'll get information on talent and match announcements, specials on tickets, which do happen uh, throughout uh, the, the the selling period. Um, really cool pictures um, and video clips, all of that. You could definitely check out IZW social media. Um, it's always great to see highlights and pictures from each of the shows, video clips, uh, promos, Again, talent and match announcements, that and much, much more um, at IZW Wrestling AZ on all forms of social media. And again, IZWWrestling.com. What a night. 
Yeah. Oh, and that's just <laughs> and that's just one night game. We have uh, two big ones coming up over the next few months, which we will cover, of course, on the hashtag Miranda Show. So make sure that you stay tuned because we will talk Full Town Clash and Wanted, Dead or Alive. We'll continue to preview those shows, give you up to date information, news, match and talent announcements as well, exclusively on the hashtag Miranda Show. Now. With that business aside, we usually don't do three commercial breaks, so we're not really going to do one. Um, but as far as uh, the full show, like I promised, making sure you listen to the end, uh, wanted to take an opportunity to talk about a big life event that happened just a few weeks ago, the week after Cycle Circus. Um, which was the weekend of September 3rd, one that Greg uh, played a very big part of in many, many ways, um, both before, during, and, and after. Um, but I had uh, the, the honor and privilege, if you like to say, which I did. I did. I was going to slip it in somehow, but I didn't. That's okay. um, yes, but I, I had the, the wonderful, almost luck, as you could say it, of getting married uh, on Saturday, September 3rd, uh, to my new wonderful husband, um, as some of you may know him, uh, goes by the name of Don Vitale. Uh, he uh, helps run uh, one of the co-owners of the Arizona Pro Wrestling Training Center. Um, also been a staple of the Arizona wrestling scene for many, many years. Uh, you've seen him in places like IZW uh, and, of course, right now his, his home promotion, Phoenix Championship Wrestling. Um, as a wonderful an occasion, uh, an event to event momentous event um but the reason too why i bring this up is the role that greg played in this um not very many people know that um you know long story short about how this all came about like how i just got ended up getting married to don Vitale, um was that um him and i had known each other for for several years um a meeting in New Mexico of all places back in 2017 um, and been very cordial and, and, you know, friendly with each other over the years. You know, Greg and I actually worked uh, several Phoenix championship wrestling events um, to, you know, help out and support with tickets and um, helping those types of his, his shows. However, it was the, the telltale night of NAV 30 back in November of 20, what was that, 2020? Yep, 2020. Yes, 2020, um, in which I um, was given the assignment to interview uh, the Keepers of the Faith, which was Dom's tag team with Gabriel Gallo. Um, and in that was my, not my opportunity, because this was not anything I was scoping out, but... Um, I went to speak with Dom about that interview and the rest is little, literally history. Um, so I always credit Greg as writing the magical interview that changed my life. Um, and Greg also being, you know, friends with Dom for much longer than I've known both of them. Um, so it was very fitting when Dom and I were looking to find an officiant um, that we asked if Greg would be our officiant for our wedding ceremony, which he obliged. So Greg did his due diligence 
became ordained, and now we can call him the Reverend Greg DeMarco. You're welcome. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? It's kind of crazy that that I um, went online, got ordained, and, and can do weddings, and, and of course did that for for this one. Um, and you know, uh, you know, talk about an honor and a privilege. I mean, such an amazing moment for me to get to do that and and be a part of of that in that way. Um, you know, and 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 it's it's kind of cool, like like you know, being you know, I, I've. You know, I am married, so I've been in a wedding there. I've been a groomsman and, and played those roles at a wedding for, but never, you know, never an officiant of a wedding. And, and there's only one of those at a wedding. So very cool to get to do that and be a part of that and, and to do so with, you know, with you guys and, and especially with you, like, um, and in that unique way. I mean, this was, you know, um, you know, a first and not a first and, and just to be able to do that and make it how you guys wanted it and, and not to be, you know, stuffy and, and formal, but to be formal in the right places and fun in the right places. And, and to have that opportunity to really put together something that I thought would be, you know, emblematic of, of the two of you and, and get things off on, on that right foot and be something that people remembered for all the right reasons and, and, uh, and, and just kind of set things forward for the start of, of, you know, a long, happy marriage. And so to be able to do that, it'll play that role. And, and, you know, the writer in me gets to come out, I get to write it up and, and do all that. Yeah. But, I was going to uh, say, I, I, I trusted Greg from the beginning and we actually didn't talk a lot about this. We, we no. you know, and we, it was something that, you know, over once I asked, Greg did everything that he needed to become ordained, but really we talked about the actual ceremony itself, maybe a few days before the actual ceremony. And a lot of it is because of the fact that Greg is such an immaculate writer. I've seen him put together wrestling shows. I've seen him put together podcasts. I've seen him put together scripts. I've seen him put everything together. So there was never a doubt in my mind that he was going to be able to do this flawlessly, which he did, which he honestly did I, it would have not been any better it, it was personal but it was uh touching it was uplifting it was you know straight to the point um it was it was so much and it was everything that i could ever had wanted out of a whole day but especially that ceremony i was the most nervous about like i had several ugly crying fits like anywhere between like 30 minutes to five minutes before the ceremony because of all this buildup happening to it. But once I got up there and Greg started, it was such an easy flow. And I never had any doubt in my mind, which is why it was almost this natural thing of, let me ask Greg if he could do it because he's, he's written everything under the sun. I thought this would be, um, you know, of course, something else he could do, but also something he would kill just a nail just al along with everything else that he does. It was, I mean, it, from a personal standpoint, obviously it meant the world to me um, to, to be able to play that role and, and to do that and, and play, not necessarily being the right word, but just to serve in that role and, and knowing just everything, everything that, that went into it, uh, especially on your side. And to be able to do that did mean the world to me and, and to be able to do it and, and, 
you know, put that together. And like you said, we didn't talk much about it. We talked a little bit here and there, gave you a little hints about, you know, this is going to be in it, like little things to make sure we're okay. Um, but also like literally the crazy thing is, is that I never, never changed much about it. Like from the day you guys said, Hey, can you do this? You know, like I came up with like, okay, I know I want to do this. And, and I don't remember when you guys asked me a lot, like March or April or something like that. I don't know. Um, and I came up with, I don't, I want to put this in it. That ended up being in it. And then along the way, oh, I think this would be good. That ended up being in it. Like really there was nothing that I thought of that didn't end up in the ceremony. Um, it's like no wasted motion, so to speak. Like literally <laughs> everything that came up ended up in there. Um, never done it before. Did I, I found some examples, you know, just to make sure that it was done the proper way with flow and order and all of that. But, um, you know, nothing was, was cut and paste because I wanted it to be unique and, 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 you know, fully you, you, you guys not, you know, yeah. I didn't want things that could be in your wedding that, no, I heard that in so-and-so's wedding and that's how they did the vows no. here. Like it needed to be different and it needed to be special yeah. and unique and, and one of a kind, just like you. And it uh, really, and, it and really what, that was. was that was the goal. Well, right? and Greg did such a, a, I said, immaculate job because it truly was immaculate. So many people were just like in awe. Like people were like, oh, this was Greg's first wedding. Nobody, nobody thought this was your first wedding. Everyone had sure thought was. like, for those who didn't know you, thought you'd done this before. For those or, or or for those who did know you thought at least you've done some kind of ordained, you know, this was not your yeah. first wedding. For those of you who didn't, who who didn't know him, who he was as far as, you know, my, my dear friend and all of that thought he was just, you know, another minister that we found on the knot or something like that. And so to find out that, you know, oh, this is our friend, Greg, who got ordained for this. People were shocked, shocked. And that's again, because you kill every role that you have, like you literally just, you're not, you go beyond nailing it on the head. Um, that, I mean, I was so, proud of you too just that how like flawlessly you know like you just took this challenge you took it on you you did exactly what you do with everything that you kind of tackle you you make it you as well and you you know consider your audience um which is a kind of a lot of parallels of what you do as a promoter as a podcaster like a lot of those core themes you carry with you which Mm -hmm. is again why I never had a doubt in my mind the quality that you were going to do. I didn't care, honestly, you know, what you were going to say as long as you did it. But I also knew you were going to do it well because you're Craig fucking DeMarco and that's what you do. I mean, uh, I don't know any other way, I guess, but I appreciate all of that. Um, I didn't look at it that way. I just wanted it to be, you know, I didn't want it. I didn't want you guys to leave wishing, oh, I wish there was this. Oh, I wish there was that. Like I wanted you, you're going to look back on this day forever. And that's the yeah. goal, right? And and, yes. and like I told you beforehand, like, this is it. We're not doing this again. And and so for me, it's like, okay, if they're going to look back on it forever, I want no, yeah, buts. I want no, you know, no, no regrets, as we always, people joke and no say. Like, I want it yeah. to be, no. I want it to be looked back was... 30 years from now and be like, yep, there was nothing I would change about it. Well, that. let's be real, though. I, like, killed it. Like, I did mm-hmm. such a good job. Um, I was the MVP, um, if there, if there was one, um, which I didn't, I was surprised. I was surprised. Dom always jokes, you know, the one time he had to, you know, he had to say something, um, 
he couldn't. Um, so if anyone knows Dom, the man runs his mouth like he, you know, like like a like a speedster, you know, runs a a, a lap like he'll he'll run it a mile a minute. But uh, he got a, you know, and I thought his vows were beautiful itself, but I know he wanted so much more. I, on the other hand, nailed it. Sure did. Um, so I'm super proud of myself as well. And uh, the whole event was just everything incredibly special to have so many people there, um, you know, many of them within the world of, of wrestling out here um, that have played a part in our lives, in our careers, in us being together, and to have a day where we could have that with everybody meant the world. Um, it really was a blending of so many things, which I'll give a few quick anecdotes here. Um, one thing is that because there was so many wrestling people there, um, I have lived a very compartmentalized life, but there's not people outside of wrestling who know that I'm involved in pro wrestling as an announcer or a podcaster. So I did have two friends from work come to the wedding and I waited until the Monday before the wedding to let them know specifically more in depth about how Dom and I met and ultimately our association with the world of wrestling. Uh, which they found fascinating and then had a million follow-up questions about. Um, at least I gave them a heads up because my parents ended up finding out um, as far as, <laughs> uh, not that they didn't know that I was a part of wrestling, but more uh, of uh, my... The finer details. Yeah, yeah the finer details of it. Um and it wasn't that I forgot to tell my parents. I just didn't tell my parents. And I had sat them um, next to uh, Dex, um, who's a dear friend of ours, um, came out from New Mexico and explained how myself and Dom knew him and ended up telling my parents more about um, really more about my kind of fi the finer details of myself and wrestling, which then my dad during his speech, um, during, you know, once we had the reception, took a moment to let everybody in the audience know that he just found out some of those finer details about 10 minutes ago. Um, so my face got extremely red when now my, my parents realized more about my involvement in wrestling. But my dad took it in stride. You know, he ended up having a great speech as well. Um, and yeah, this was truly a blending of worlds that for me, I have kept fairly separate for many, many years. And now it's truly one big world for me. Um, the final mini story I do want to share is um, how, speaking of my parents, um, my dad was the person to give Greg his envelope, um, which Greg had not, you know, um, you know, we had not discussed payment or anything like that. And, and of course, you know, wasn't anything that, that was Greg, you know, was charging us for, but, you know, as custom in weddings, you go around and give people tips, which is their envelope, uh, which is very similar in the wrestling world when you get your pay. Uh, my dad had gone up to Greg to give him his envelope and Greg's, you know, I mean, you could tell more of the story about this better than I can, but uh, I am honored that my parents gave you your first envelope as a 
uh, ordained minister. Yeah, I didn't want it. Uh, I didn't expect it. And and to me, it was, you know, I, I mean, I know it exists and, and we gave one at our wedding and, and I get all that. But like, to me, it was, you know, I don't know. I just not even a thought that crossed my mind. And because why? Like it, it's, you know, you're one of my best friends and I've known Dom for, for even, you know, three times as long as I've known you. And so it's never anything that, that I would think about. Um, I tried to turn it down. That was unsuccessful. And, um, no, one thing, you know, you just don't turn it down. And as my dad said, uh, you know, he said, my, my wife is making me do this, which we all know is my mother. And we all know we don't say no to my mother. And I learned that too. And so at that point I was like, okay, so I'm just going to take this and, and did. And, and of course it was appreciated and, 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 and loved, but that's not why, uh, why it was there. But at the same time, yeah, it was, was, just another moment. And like I said, not expected at all. It was between a ceremony and the reception. And it was like, you know, you know, just, and obviously, you know, it's a whirlwind for your family and, and, and for everybody that day. And, and yeah, just like taken by surprise, you know, tried not to, but, but wasn't an option. And, and so took that and, and everything. But yeah, I got my first non-wrestling envelope um and and you know and it's been a long time since i've gotten a wrestling envelope because i haven't played any of those roles um i give them i don't receive them and so it, just to get that yeah it was super cool and and you know if i ever do more weddings um and and, and receive more envelopes um this will forever be the first one and and, and I, I wouldn't want it any other way. I mean, I would not be ordained if not for this. I would not even be have considered doing this kind of thing if not for this. And if I never do it again, I don't even care. Like it would be, um, you know, that portion of any desire that I have to do that kind of thing is already fulfilled from, from this one. And so if I do it, great, uh, I'll happily do it and that sort of thing. But at the same time, if I never do it again, not not a concern of mine whatsoever. Well, if you would like to book Greg DeMarco to uh, to to be your officiant for your wedding, uh, feel free to reach out to Greg at uh, Chairshot Greg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, we once we have more of the official pictures and video of the ceremony, we will be sharing that so you could see Greg in action. But he did a fantastic job, five stars. Um, I would highly recommend him comes in very fair prices. Um, uh, excellent writer, especially if you have, you know, a custom ceremony or in each ceremony, um, Greg is your person. So uh, if you or someone, you know, is getting married soon and are in need of an officiant, reach out to Greg Marco at Chairshot Greg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, he is a hell of an officiant. And, you know, I think a lot of that's because of getting to, you know, the first one I ever do being yours. Like it was easy to be honest with you. Like it wasn't difficult. I didn't stress over any of it. I didn't, cause I know, and yeah. I just didn't overthink well, I, it. I was just like, no. no, this is how it should be. And, you know, a couple of questions here or there. Do you want this? Do you want this? And those are things that weren't in there. And almost all of them, it was like, no, we don't need that. We don't need that. Um, Literally just one thing we added the Thursday before, mm-hmm. and that was just a, an alteration to how we do the vows, but um, it was what you guys wanted, and, and that's yeah. what mattered the most to me, and and it should never be about, you know, it's like they always say, you know, if you leave a wrestling show talking about the referees or the ring announcer, like, that's bad, and if you left the wedding talking about me, 
in the end, like people, oh, we never did it before. That's amazing, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's you guys, right? It, it's it's all about. Oh, of course, yes, yes. But and, and just getting married uh, and doing that. So that's yeah. what it was for me. It's like, how can I make sure this is the best for you guys? And um, a day that I will always cherish, you know, yes. given the years of history well, that went into it. So. Great to see literally now my marriage certificate having the signatures of some of my favorite people in the world. One of my best friends, you know, you, Kristen, me, Dom, even Gallo, cool, I guess, you know, we'll have his signature on there. But to have that too is really cool. That was a very momentous, yeah. you know, um, aspect to when seeing my marriage certificate and thinking, wow, all my f- like favorite people have signed this. So it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, thank you for everyone who's gotten, you know, all of the, the wishes um people who've replied to social media um people that i i spoke to recently at phoenix championship wrestling this past weekend um very very kind sweet words and i again thank you so much greg for being a part of that day for getting ordained um and now officially one more title to add to your intro and i've asked him so that's why i asked i said greg what do i call you you know now that you are ordained and he specifically did tell me to call him the Reverend DeMarco, Reverend Greg DeMarco. Why not, right? If you're going to do it, do it right. Do it yes, up. yeah. And so do I, it up. you know, we, we joke in the world of wrestling, the phrase honor and a privilege is the joke. And it is, and it's become one. But in this case, fully true. And Truly true. Very a day true. that I will cherish forever. And yeah, can never, you know. No offense to anybody who's listening. If I do end up doing your wedding for some crazy reason or whatever, won't top this one in my heart. It would still be amazing yeah. for you. Don't get me It'll wrong. It'll be great. But this is, and that's why it was the first. And and I'm not saying it had to be the first because I never thought about it before this. But there was, you know, obviously no other way. So. Well, thank you, Greg. Uh, You're welcome. For that. Of course. And now, again, one more formal intro. So now if you see uh, Greg or myself refer to him as the, the Reverend DeMarco, please just know that is it's official. It is a document. He actually really did that. Um, Had to. Otherwise, and, what, I mean, yeah. then it wouldn't or, have counted. When and, they asked, you can't have if that. they asked if we're shooting or we're working, no, we're, we're, we're shooting. That was a shoot wedding. It was a shoot wedding. It was a shoot wedding. I'm shoot Mary now. I'm a shoot wife. You're, you're a shoot wife. You shoot ordained. I'm shoot ordained. You know? And 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 we did inform everyone there who, who was there for the wrestling wedding that it wouldn't be a wrestling wedding, and it was not a no, wrestling b- wedding. Barely, there was some. There was some, you know. Um, Rick Rude's second theme song was played during the garter toss, which that was the one thing Dom was very adamant about. Um, there, it there might have was, been a wrestling reception, but it was not a wrestling yes. Wedding. Oh yes, that's true. Wedding or wrestling reception, not a wrestling wedding. Um, I did Thank feel you bad all. when your when your dad gave a speech. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, we, no, I felt like, "Ah oh, shit!" Um, that was my feeling as well. I was like, "Ah shit, here we go." But you know, and another odd thing. So this happened more during the re- the rehearsal dinner too, uh, because of course there were some wrestlers in the wedding themselves. Um, they all came to my parents' house, and she met you, and she met some other people to the point where now she had has somewhat considered possibly one day attending a wrestling event, which is so far from the opposite of what my mom's feelings about professional wrestling has been over the years. Now, granted, 
when we always say this with context, because she does talk about when she watched wrestling or knew about wrestling, that was in the 70s and 80s, where she grew up in Puerto Rico in the 70s and 80s. And if anyone knows about professional wrestling in Puerto Rico in the 70s and 80s, it was entirely brutal and hardcore. Um, so that is her reflection of wrestling, though she saw what I saw a bit in the 90s as well. That is really what she associates wrestling with. So that is why she's had somewhat of a hard time with the world of professional wrestling. But now that she's seen people and us in kind of normal lives, she is slightly less uh, worried about it and slightly more open to it. I don't know if I will ever get her to go to a wrestling show. That is still way down the line. But she's a lot more open to things, which is a big, big um change from her from where she was a year and a half ago a very big change so wrestling yeah. truly does bring people together and it could change the world um because if my mom uh can say that she doesn't mind it as much anymore then anything can happen anything's possible anything is possible you just never know um yeah I, it's just you know they will live on forever as it should. Yes. As it yes. should. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show. We will be back with you next week for more. So much NXT stuff we did not talk about. So I don't always like to forecast, but we are for sure going to be talking about NXT. Yeah, I think so. Week. I think so. If we have to. We have we to. We do have to. We have to talk. Patrick so and I talked about a little bit. But it's also just happened, like right before we. I was going to say. So. Also, Patrick doesn't watch NXT, so what is he? He's even- been watching more. So a few weeks ago, the theme of the Great Demarco Show was Patrick watched NXT, and and I think it was the Great American Bash episode. I don't remember, mm-hmm. but he has since followed along. Today's uh, version of you just made the list was was vignettes and sketches, and while it didn't make the six, on his list was actually an Andre Chase University segment. So. Awesome. Um, so good. So, so we're changing again. Wrestling can change the world, and and Patrick O'Dowd is now more in the know and more following along wow. with the product we love called NXT. Wow, which is now black and gold. Spoiler alert! Not spoiler alert. Yes, the black and gold. Yes, we're back. We're back, baby. Everything I've been sitting on this black. article of like the five things I want Triple H to do. And now I got to replace one of them because that was one of them. Uh, yeah, I want him to go back to black and gold. So, yeah. World title on Raw, still intact. A feud for the women not involving a title, still intact. And um, the old bringing back the original Survivor Series, still intact. Ooh, okay. I think it could happen. Yeah. I really do. I, I don't know. With Anything with so possible. many with so many undisputed champions right now, it's kind of hard to do that theme. That mm-hmm. they've been doing before. So I have, and so many factions suddenly being built up again. I think we might see the return of the traditional Survivor Series. We'll I love it. I love it. Make sure you follow us on social media again at Chairshot Greg, uh, especially if you are looking for an ordained minister. Please reach out to Greg. Uh, five stars. Highly recommend him. Uh, if you want to watch some great wrestling, follow at IZW Wrestling. EZ. Um, on all forms of social media. Uh, you can follow me 
uh, at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, the Chair Shot at Chair Shot Media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Of course, the hashtag Miranda Show is a proud part of the Chair Shot Radio Network, which you can find at thechairshot.com. 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 Always use your head. Make sure, of course, to visit thechairshot.com for your source of wrestling news, analysis, sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. Uh, all of our podcasts are also available on various uh, podcast streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Play, and more. That does it. It's late. We should get going. So thank you all for listening to this week's episode. We will be back with you next week. And don't forget to always keep it soft style.